Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. you, Brother Toby, for, for that. Um, hallelujah. Let's pray one more time. God, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what it means. So we asked you, Holy God, at the very beginning, we need you, God. We need your strength. We need your anointing and guidance. Father, we thank you for what it means. It is the very lifeblood of us. So I ask you right now to let it infuse with us, Lord God. Anoint our minds, our hearts, Lord God, for the direction we seek is found in your word, and I thank you for it. Touch us this day. Thank you, God. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Our lesson is on Lazarus, and there's a lot been said on Lazarus, and our... Scripture setting is taken out of John eleven twenty five, and in John of the miracles that's listed, this is number seven, if you're counting. So he says it like this in John eleven twenty five. Jesus said unto her, being Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live now it seems that he is speaking and he's I know this is speaking of Lazarus and you know me and I ask very little of you but I want you to do something for me he said I am the resurrection and life he that believeth in me and this is what I want you to say though he were dead say that with me Though he were dead, that's me. That's me. I know he's talking about Lazarus, but the wages of sin is what? Death. The enemy says, don't worry about him. He's dead. Well, scripturally speaking, we are dead. But though he were dead, yet shall he live. We shall live in him. And he's telling, he's telling Martha that. And he said, though he were dead, speaking of Lazarus, but he can talk to us all. Though he were dead, yet shall he live in faith. It seems that um, it takes faith. It does take faith. And uh, I'm sure you've heard the old story of the, the cowboy riding his horse. And he's riding it along. He gets bucked off. He falls down the side of a hill. And he's fighting and clawing his way and the last thing he catches is a branch that's growing out the side and he's looking down and his feet's dangling and he's looking at the bottom and he's praying 
and he's thinking, and then he finally just says, is there anybody up there? And immediately a voice, if you trust me, let go. So he, I'm not sure about this. So let's ask again. So he asked again, and the voice comes back again and says, is there anybody up there? And the voice comes back and tells him one more time, if you trust me, let go. So he's thinking about this. And then he, one more time, he says, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> and that's us. I mean, that's humanity. You know, it's okay when we're doing the patting on the back and, you know, and when somebody's patting us on the back and, and you're in really a situation and somebody says, it's okay, it's going to be okay. And, you know, sometimes that's easy to take and sometimes that's not so easy to take because if you're looking Goliath in the eyes and you're on a ladder looking Goliath in the eyes and somebody says, it's okay, just have faith, okay? You look at Goliath for a while and then tell me what it looks like. But just, but really, life does us that way, you know, and we know what the Bible says. We know this is truth and how we need faith. But when you have to literally, you're holding on by a branch and God says literally, what you need to do is let go of that flesh and trust me. No, 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 no. Let's try plan B in this alternative and see if I can get to something else. But, that's what we want to do. And it's always easier, you know, to look at God in the abstract, but basically when it comes to our need, you know, when we feel that life is so much easier and it's threw us off the cliff, so to speak, and we're just sitting there, well, you know what, let's look for an easier way. You know, I don't want to go through this, but that's why I say, that's why I love the Old Testament so much because there's so many examples in the Old Testament, the Bible has given us to look and to read of and to find ourselves in. And then it happens, you know, when, when we find ourselves in unbelievable situations. You know, don't sit there and think nobody has never went through what you're going through. Go to the Bible. Allow God to direct you to a passage that, that you can find that can find meaning for your life because I promise you, it's in there. God will direct you to the place. God will direct you to the place. And, and I will just say one thing. And, and I told this years ago, Ben, and what um, Brother Toby Roll just shared with us. When my son Braxton was in the hospital, Britton Braxton, and, and then when Braxton was, had his issue and then he quit breathing and then I read... The, the mouth of the man, he says, I need help. I'm on the other side of the glass. I'm no lip reader, but I know what he said. And all of a sudden, there was a crowd around him. And then I'm in the hospital. And just like Toby said, don't miss it. In the room beside where we was at, here's a guy, this big dude. And he's... You know, through the end, he's telling me, he says, you know what? I'm a twin. And they said, I wouldn't live either. And I'm thinking, 
you know, I hate to go Vegas on you, but what's the odds of that happening? Here, my twin is literally dying before my eyes, and next door to me is a man that I'm having to look up to that is a twin. That the doctor says he wouldn't make it. And God does that for us to build our faith. And there's so many examples in the Bible. That's why I'm saying if you think and, and you turn all of this in on you, then you feel like Mary and Martha. Lord, if you would have just been here, you know, but we have Bible that has been given unto us that if we, we turn it in, we think, you know, Lord, nobody has went through this. It's me. No, it's not you, and it's not me. There's people that has went through unbelievable situations, and God has been so fortunate to have it recorded that we could read it and see how they went through it and the victories God had given them and, and just studying about, you know, Mary and Martha wept near the tomb where Jesus was. They was quite sure that, that Jesus, that, that he knew that Lazarus was dead and now they was just hanging, you know, but what about, what about right now? You know, Mary, Mary and Martha, they knew that, they, that the Lord truly, truly did love their brother. So they're taken, and they knew they had a famous friend. Reports came from every corner of Judea and from Galilee and how the crowds followed him, and that even Lazarus, when he was def, deathly ill, all they could think about and this is their humanity. Lord, if you would have just been here, Mary and Martha both, you can read it. That was their thoughts. You know, if you would have just been here, and, you know, I don't know what life was like after Lazarus had passed away. They're sitting at home, and just like the old saying is, everywhere they looked, they seen Lazarus. And, you know, it's just really... Um, I remember from Brother Boyd saying it at uh, um, the funeral where I was at. And it's just the reason, uh, uh, come from a pastor, the reason that death affects us so much because we was created not to die. And literally, I believe that's the truth because when God created us, it, we was created not to die. And therefore, we are really affected at death. And therefore, Mary and Martha is looking around and everywhere they look, they see Lazarus. Lazarus is not here. And Lord, where was you at? Where was you at? They was just human. But one thing I do know, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. And so that's, that's just their memory. And then, you know, every time they pass, they look, there was only just silence right now. All they know is one-third of the conversation was silenced. Lazarus was gone, and all they had was silence. And Jesus received word of Lazarus' condition, and no matter what the sisters may have thought at this time, Lazarus, you know, of Lazarus, or Jesus truly did care, and he valued their friendship. Though they didn't understand the purpose that Jesus waited two full days before coming when he did, and he did come. But Lazarus had been buried for four days when Jesus arrived. And then Mary felt it was too late. She ran out to him, poured her heart out to him, 
and it just, oh, Jesus, if you had been here, it didn't have to be this way. His response to her was this Lazarus was going to live again. And then immediately her mind goes to the end of time, uh, the resurrection. But he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And that was the truth. Martha returned home to tell Mary. Basically, she's got the same words as her sister. She goes to Jesus and tell him the same thing. Basically, Lord, if you had just been here, if you would have just been here, then I would not be without a brother. His love for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus was instantly revealed by expression on his own face. Tears at the point we know where Jesus wept because of this. We see this. His emotions was misunderstood by the crowd. But Jesus gave instructions that made no sense at all. Take away the stone covering the mouth of the cave where his body lay. But his body had been in there for four days. Now, this is, this is a point that I believe that we can get to basically in every situation that we get to. You can call it a trial, a situation, ever, ever what name you want to put on it. There's going to come to a point like Mary and Martha came to. You're going to get in a situation where you got to be all in or you're not going to believe it. And this was Mary and Martha's decision point. Because if you remove the stone and it doesn't go the way the Lord said it was going to go, you'll never live this down. Believe me, you they would have never lived it down. The smell, the aroma, the decay, and literally, they're just human. Don't look at me. <laughs> what would you be like standing there with somebody, someone, your brother had passed away and been in there for four days, and someone's telling you that you fully well believed in Open it up. Let me call him forth. Okay? When we get life is knocked the wind out of us and we truly need something from God, we're going to get to that point. Am I going to go all in? Or am I just going to sit here and just pray for me? Pray for me. Which we all need prayer. But we got to make the decision. Am I going to remove the obstacle that's keeping what I'm praying for to come through? Or am I going to leave the obstacle that's preventing what I'm praying for from coming through? And all they had to do was, the Lord said, remove it. And literally, it can come to that point where the obstacle that was blocking what they wanted to happen had to be removed. And it's that way in all of our lives. It can be a number of things pertaining to us. We're just individuals. So, but the Lord said that. Now, here's Lazarus. He comes out. He's wrapped from head to toe, literally, as we would joke about looking like a mummy. I believe he does. God raised him from the dead. This happened in this town. It was the power of God that happened. He told Mary, believest he that believeth in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. 
Jesus saith unto her, saith, said I not unto thee that thou wouldest believe thou should see the glory of God? Perhaps no spiritual element is more foundational to our relationship with Jesus Christ than our faith. And when everything's going right and everything's great, it's easy to have faith. But when everything is just on the rocks and, and is just everything is tough, you know, that's when we really, you know, um, I remember years ago, Aunt Mary, growing up in the Church of God, and I've said it before, even as a child, I remember Brother Thomason was the pastor where my parents started in church. And this I have got from him. He had the saying. He said, you can never, ever trust a train track staring down it. And he would apply that spiritually. And then I even did a lesson one time, and I titled it, Walk the Track. Because he would say, you're going to have to get up and there's going to be days when you're not going to be able to trust your eyes. You're going to have to trust what you know. Because your eyes is going to tell you it's all running together. But if you will trust what you know and not what you see, God will bring it to pass. If I tell myself this is all just going to run together and I don't know, my, I, I'm looking at it. And my eyes is telling me it's coming together. And I remember him saying, just walk the track. Walk the track. God will work it out. And in them times, when we, that's what we need is just when we just can't get the handle, so to speak, that we want on it. Just walk the track. Trust what you know and not what you see. And Jesus is telling them, it's just... Do you leave the stone there or are you going to trust me? And, and I'm telling you, I don't know how hard that was. Their brother lay dead for four days and we talk about it and go on. But I'm telling you, I don't know how hard that would have been. They say, boys, okay, roll that stone away. I don't know. I don't know I've went to church most of my life. But if this happened in the present, I would like to think there's enough God in me that if I believe the individual that I would say do it. Well, I, as we say somewhere in the back of my mind, <laughs> I'm thinking, what if this don't work? <laughs> We're just human. But still, Jesus loved them and they loved him. And what they knew and what I believe they had seen before was enough. And we've got to be this way. That's why I can't trust what I see. I've got to go back to the times. It's just like what I have seen in the past, what I know, what I've heard preached to me, time and time again and I just stay on it believe it that it will come to pass 
Faith, of course, is the obedience unto God. There's one thing I want to point out. If you'll turn, it's the only scripture I'm going to read other than what I just read. It's in Luke uh, 7th chapter 44. What this is, is Jesus eating with a bunch of sinners. And in 744, they're having the meal. They're in the Pharisee, Simon's house. And I'm jumping right to the sort of the end of the story. And what has happened, there has been a lady that has came up behind the Lord and basically has washed his feet with her tears and took her hair and dried his feet with her hair. All this time while he is sitting at the meal, basically what I, I would get, they would go to like a, a table, kneel down, their feet would be behind them, and so she come up behind him and did this. So, and I would think the other Pharisees there is just disgusted because this woman was a sinner, the Bible says, so they're more or less, they're on their high horse, so to speak, and they're disgusted at what Jesus is allowing this woman to do. So at 44, he turned to the woman. He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seeth thou this woman? You don't even see the woman. All you do is you've had your finger pointed at her, condemning her the whole time. But Jesus asked him, do you even see the woman? They was coming at it from two opposite ends. They was coming at it from two ends. I entered into thine house and they gave me no water. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Now I have likened that. She took literally the moisture of her soul and washed his feet and she took her glory and dried them feet with her glory. And then the Bible says in 45, they gave us me no kiss, but this woman since the time that I came in has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And 48, and he saith unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And when he said that, they was ticked off at the woman and now they're ticked off at Jesus. How dare him say that he had the authority to forgive sins. But my point later on in the story of Lazarus, Mary does this. She anoints Jesus and then wipes him, wipes, uh, wipes him with her hair. But all I can say, Jesus told her, 
that if you would trust me, I will show you my glory. And these women took the greatest thing that I believe in this in would be in scriptural setting is their glory and used it to wipe his feet. And in doing so, God said, if you would trust me, I would show you my glory. And in showing you that glory, God raised her brother from the grave. That was the glory that he showed to them. And he did this. But Mary and Martha did not demonstrate faith literally just by writing a letter and asking Jesus to come. Their faith was expressed when they obeyed Jesus when he asked, will you move the stone? And they agreed to move the stone because that's how they acted when Jesus asked him to do it because they did that. And when they got to this crossroads, literally, it was, it was all or nothing. It had to be. It had to be. There was just no in-between, no in-between. It was, do we do this or don't we do this? And I believe there was such a love for the Lord that without question, they did this. They opened it up. And in the crisis in our life, we have to have this point. It is just, we can't be at church all the time, obviously. So in the times of our life when we're away and, 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 and we're attacked, so to speak, it's not just going to be where you're, uh, God has given us the Holy Ghost. But it's not be a, a sermon is not going to be preached. The choir is not going to be singing. You're not going to have the fellowship of your brother or your sister. It's going to be what you know, and the Holy Ghost is going to get us through it. Is God's going to give us the strength to get through whatever life puts in front of us? And that really that happened. And Naaman was one that he it was just basically uh, told of the prophet. Dip seven times. Six is not going to get it. Seven, he dipped seven times. And then Jericho, they walked around for seven days. And that happened. The man looking where Jesus put spittle in his eyes. He's walking around looking for the pool. That happened. And God is just looking for this to do it. God's resurrection power is not in question, without question. He can do this. And he can resurrect a life that was dead, just like why I said, you know, he's going to do this. He is going to do it. And though he were dead, he's going to resur resurrect us in life. True faith always involves three, uh, three elements, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And we are emotional creatures, even some that won't admit it like me. But we are emotional creatures. Now, when we are controlled just by the emotions... And when you take, you just take a, a, a man, a young man and a young woman, when they start dating, you know, if, if they just let their emotions, you know, they might tell their parents to go on a date and come back married. You can't go by your emotions. You know, literally you can't, you know. Um, but you start a dating process and then... Um, and then four or five years goes by, if you still. 
I don't have no daughter, so <laughs> if I did, it'd be 15 or 20 years go by, you know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, that's why your mind and your will, along with your emotions, everything has to play in the process. And there's people that have come to church, tell us they like our singing, they like the preaching, they like what goes on, they like the emotional side of it. But when they leave and the emotional side dies down, you know, they're, well, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. But the mind and the intellect has got to be put in with that. We don't come to church just for the emotional side of it. Thank God for that. But we come to church for what we know. What we know. What we know. And for who we know. And I thank the Lord for that. I'm telling you, I thank the Lord for that. Now, when God raised Lazarus from the dead, it truly was remarkable. I don't know what it would have been like and the emotional side of it, what it would have been for Mary and Martha. Martha, I've said just in talking to people so many times that I relate to Martha. But when Jesus was in the house and Mary and Martha was there, it was important what Martha was doing. But God was trying to tell Martha, what's driving you is driving you away from me. It's important what you're doing in the house that needs to be done. But this thing driving you, you've got to get a handle on it. And I, I just, that's why I literally did that lesson keeping Mary's heart while living in Martha's world because so many things in life push us drive us and then even as, as Brother Boyd said recently even spiritual things and I will tell you this. It's the only time where that come from. My son, my oldest son, and enough time has passed that I believe I could tell it, got in trouble. And it was nothing major, but He got took to jail and just a bad situation turned quick. And, you know, man, I've never faced nothing like that. And, you know, I couldn't say, why me? I mean, Lord, that's, that's life. A lot of parents have faced that. So I didn't look at it as poor me, you know. And 
and I've told you for years, I go to the Bible. Anything in my life, ever, everything in my life, I go to the Bible. And when that happened to me, that's the passage that God led me to. He says, you're just like Martha. You got too much driving you. And what's driving you is driving you from me. And he's telling Martha, it's important what you're doing, but you're doing it at the wrong time. And just, I don't know what it must have been like to go through the emotions of burying their brother and all of a sudden, this reunion, it just must have been unbelievable seeing Lazarus. And I still say, I've said for a long many years, where the Bible speaks of Lazarus, comes out with the grave clothes wrapped, and Jesus looked at them and said, loose him and let him go. I said, there's some people that's gonna come to the church that it's gonna take the hands of the church to loose them. Now that's gonna take wisdom, but I believe that is where the church can play an important role in people's lives. Because they, Lazarus was bound. Oh, he had life. But God told him, he looked them, them directly and said, loose him and let him go. So I believe that is a message to the church to loose him and let him go. And that, all of that, it takes the faith that Mary and Martha had. It is one thing that the lesson ends with, and I'll just tell you this. It speaks of a, since it's speaking, it has been speaking of faith. It speaks of a pendulum. And it's always, I remember growing up, we always loved to watch a pendulum. But truly the thing is on a pendulum is whatever arc that you put it at, it can never go higher than the arc of which it started. And it tells of a story where the physics, they go deeper and they was in a physics class and speaking of the physics of this. And so when he got through, he's in a big building and he had this prearranged and he asked for a volunteer. So a young lady volunteered and he says, do you believe what I have spoke today? And the lady says, yes. So he said, okay. So he took a chair, put the lady in the chair and he got the pendulum and swung it back but it had a bowling ball on it. They set it where it come and it would just miss her. So he said, what I want you to do is stand here, do not close your eyes and do not move. They dropped the bowling ball and when it come and started going, well, she tried to jump but sprawled out in the floor. And what they make a le uh, uh, an analogy at is life is that way to us. It's okay 
until it's coming straight at our face. <laughs> and then we're like the cowboy. <laughs> Is anybody else up there? Because I don't know how long this branch is going to hold. But one thing I do know is, yes, there are days when all I do, few, but walk the track. And that's because of not what I see, but what I know. And I thank God for it. Let's stand. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.